Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 68 of the SeerCast. Uh, with me today is Gina. Oh, God, the right click spoilers. Oh. Gina, G muffled Gina. Uh, she... In incredibly muffled. Yeah. Uh, that, Ernge? that was odd. Ernge? I'm too tired to think of a good intro, so hi. <laughs> hi. Can I try again. Lime? I'm here, too. Uh, and we have a couple special guests, uh, Mod Stu. Hello, I'm Mod Stu, and I wish I'd killed Yonazig. <laughs> and Mod Rowley. Uh, hi, I forgot we did intros, so I don't have one. Hey, you don't need an intro. I don't have an intro either. Uh, and then we have Walter and Balor in the chat. So today we are here to talk with the J-Mods about... The recent quest release, Rivers of Blood. River of Blood? It's just one river. Just river. Just yeah, one river. river. Yes. Um, so we're going to kind of pepper them with questions, and hopefully they'll not no-comment us, and uh, who knows? We'll we'll see where this goes from here. I'm going to go ahead and I just mean, get... Huh? It would have been, been cool in the quest if we had to dig out another river cell and then put a barrier <laughs> behind that, too. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! I'm gonna go ahead and get started with a with a super serious question. Uh, what did poor Ella Maria do to you guys? <laughs> Can't be that bad, whatever it was, because she hasn't been killed off yet. Yeah, um, this is true. He's just a good comedy character, I think. I I I love the 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 casual shots that just got kept getting taken <laughs> at her. An interesting uh, dynamic between the two of them. You know, I, to be honest, I was kind of hoping that Roald died in the middle of the quest so that Ella Maria would become the Queen of Varrock. Wait, so he's going to die in the middle of the quest when he's not even coming close to the front lines? Was I mean... Just... Oh, go ahead. No, how, how would you envisage that he died? Just tripped and fell. I didn't, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that. He um, leaned too close I to actually, the broken railing where the Saradoma statue was, and he falls into the river. I actually imagined that he'd be out there on the bridge with us as like a diplomatic envoy. Well, that would have been a really stupid idea. <laughs> well, we're considering some characters here. Yeah, that that was always a tricky one, especially with. Um, the commissioned concept art for RuneFest. Yeah. Uh, it's, that, that, the it's concept art was... It's very yeah. evidence that that concept art you see at RuneFest is... Uh, yeah, that's very rarely the actual thing. It looks good, though. Yeah. It looks yeah. <laughs> Which uh, actually brings me to another question. There were all sorts of, like, sixth age concerns and... Um, with Chronicle, how Vanuscula is still alive 30 years after the events of the game. Um, how did you guys... Was that difficult to, during development to try and... Like, you were kind of backed into a corner? Or did you ha guys have it planned ahead anyways? We... You were. I, back when we picked up five, we were never planning to kill off Vanuscula. She's too good a character, I think. Yeah, she is. Just get away with, uh, just kill her off so readily. Um, is is Chronicle actually narratively in the Sixth Age? Uh, it's supposedly thirty years after the events of uh, RuneScape. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, I don't know really. I mean, I, I don't think we'd ever let us let that stop us doing things with characters who feature in Chronicle. Um, I'm pretty sure we're planning to do something. To certain chronicle characters at some point, but but then I, I see it's a separate game, and if it's if its own core narrative diverges ever so slightly, I don't think that's a huge deal if it happens. I know that in Hearthstone, obviously, we'd avoid that wherever we could. Yeah, I know that in Hearthstone, at a certain point, they're just like, okay, so this is based on World of Warcraft lore, but. We're going to totally break it for some of these things. Like, the, in the last set released, I mean, they released Ragnaros the Light Lord, which is completely anti-anything that is actually in uh, World of Warcraft, but because of the way that the recent set went. So it's like, you, you can kind of get away with stuff with the car, in the card game and then say, 
that's their thing. They're, that's not canon over here. I don't know if that's what you guys are planning on doing, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I doubt that thing's usually planned. It's not something purposeful. You just have to let the game be what it has to be for its its own audience. So, yeah, yeah gameplay first, I think, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think, yeah, wherever possible, we will try to keep parity. With the, but does it... Sorry. Uh, does that hold true to characters that have 6th age lore but also 5th age purposes? Because I saw a lot of discussion about, oh, Aeonisig can't die because he has Battle of Lumbridge lore. Or um, other characters can't die because they have a purpose in a 5th age quest or a 6th age purpose, or so on and so forth. Well, in the case of Aeonisig specifically, because... Um... River of Blood requires all of the rock quests. Um, he didn't have any... You, you would have felt, completed all of the content involving Onisig by the time you reached this point, uh, which I did deliberately to make sure that we had the opportunity to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I think even then we were tripped up slightly because of the uh, missing presumed death reference to the Zamorakian monks who are now canonically dead. So there's always... Oh. Some, Gonna trip you up. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, speaking of tripping, uh, there are many good flights of stairs around uh, Patterdomus now with the, the rework. Uh, my biggest regret for the quest is not being able to uh, push Aonisig down those stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Once and for all. Probably why he's uh, stood on the base of them, just in case. Yeah, this is fair. He's learned. After, yeah. He has yeah. learned after many years of ruling Varrock. <laughs> When did you when did you guys canonize the idea that Aeonisig was literally useless? <laughs> Have we done that? Maybe it's my own personal bias against the character, I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> oh wait, you say personal bias. I don't think anyone likes that character. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's uh, some sort of group consensus then, yeah. Uh, yeah, that just that the entire like the entire fact that Anasig is just constantly being hounded by everyone for being an awful person is excellent. It's like yeah, everyone's like, like, "Why is this character here? What is he doing?" And then apparently he yeah. keeps—I don't know if it's a bug or not—but he keeps the "What? Why are? Why are you even here?" dialogue option. <laughs> is that a bug? What purpose do you serve? Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's just uh, a bit of filler in case um, you've got the little subquests to do so that he's always got something to talk about. But I think it's good to always have that to remind people who've forgotten who he is, which is <laughs> easy to do. Quite forgettable. Just repress those memories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think either we had to make him incompetent or he had to be secretly evil. So I think that's probably the, where the incompetence comes from more. Fair enough. What exactly was his uh, day I'm job? Wondering. Like, what is his what is on his job requirement for world? Um, he is before the, ambassador. He is the advisor to the king on Ceredonist matters, uh, matters of the Ceredonist church. Okay. I think. Yeah. yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> okay. So basically, um, his lapdog. Ah. Uh, not necessarily. It's well, more I'm... like the church's mouthpiece. He he's there mostly to disagree with Rold. Okay, fair enough. Right. Um, yeah, so make Rold more... look like the useless one. Yeah. Um, let's talk more about the main part of the quest, the mm-hmm. the weird part. Yeah, the weird part of the quest. Um, Hallucinations. Yeah, the hallucinations. I really like that entire sequence. Um, did you guys, like, what part of the development part process did that se- whole sequence come up in? Uh, that was um, introduced quite late, as I recall. Mm. Um, we were looking for more interesting mechanics to add to the Castle of Dracon sequence, and it provided an opportunity to uh, reflect on the tragedy of, of the past marky deaths and you know the the guilt that plagues the player and things of that nature so the opportunity to maybe see ghosts of your past and that kind of thing um, 
of the form of Mikey, awesome, that we toyed around with. And then the hallucinations provided a way for us to do that and also just provide some very unexpected mechanics along the route of the, of <laughs> like, the a quite, a quite familiar looking environment. Yeah, like I think chairs one, one, hanging out on walls. <laughs> stuff. Once the kind of idea cemented, I mean, we just went nuts with it. Mm. And we figured it was also a good way for answering a few questions rather than just dropping yet another book just full of words. So you can kind of confirm certain plot threads without actually being explicit yeah. about them. Um, like, also, um, the just, just be trippy. Like the stone being uh, the way that uh, Lord Lowernial opened the gates to Vampirium again. Stuff uh, yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah that that part was that part was interesting to say the least. It was yeah. I was just I was walking through the rooms. Apparently there was a GE booth in there too. It just like yeah, like <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, there I, was. I, I like to think that that's to reflect I, I the, the, the players been bank standing. I <laughs> 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 hey, mean, part of the series maybe. I don't know. Um, I think we did consider actually making it a bank and having a banker there as it was right before a boss fight. But I think ultimately we didn't really feel we needed to. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a mechanical reason too, but I think we just came in one day and it was there and it was like, okay. It's there now. (laughs) (laughs) We're going with it. I mean, it would would take a lot of work to take it out, so you might as well leave it. (laughs) Yeah, it's done now. Yeah, with safe death, death, there's not really a need to have the bank there anyway. But I, I do want to say before we go any further, the way this actually felt like a finale in that every you tied together like literally all of the quests before it, and like there's bits and pieces of every single one of them, and we're reflecting on the entire thing as we go through. And I, I loved that about it because I loved this entire quest series. Uh, and to have us literally revisiting um, parts of the Tried old to... quest is just brilliantly yeah. done. I loved it. Obviously, the most important mm. thing was Daeldor. Well, for Lime. Indeed. Yes, that was yeah. The, yeah. the most important thing in the entire quest. Yeah, we're surprised proportionally how many people were eager to find out about that particular feature when we uh, put out the three asking four players. Uh, Thought with the most prominent loose ends. So initially, we weren't going to make it as prominent an element on the critical path. But since obviously a lot of people were interested in it, we made it pretty sensual and made sure that it clearly explained um, the vampirization process. Yeah, yeah um, it was, well, I mean, I think we made it, it feels to us like it was the right approach to take to the, to the quest to answer all of those loose threads. But I think it's also one of the reasons why uh, some players aren't enjoying it as much, I think. Is because it's not asking as many questions going forward? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, it's like maybe because it wasn't doing its own thing so much as it was clearing up the rest of the series. Uh, so there was no one standout moment, perhaps, for some people. I could kind of get that vibe, but in another way... Um... It was the story of uh, Safalan becoming a weird um, that I felt was the real plot element that was woven through the entire quest, mm-hmm. while it was also wrapping up the other parts of the storyline. Um, it was also in that a, way, I guess. Yeah. Go ahead. So it was also a good way of highlighting the fact that Safalan's character throughout the series is quite schizophrenic. Yeah. And he makes some really terrible decisions. So it was a good way to kind of focus on that and, and make him make that clearer, I think. Yeah, you never really realize it as you're going through the early parts. But yeah, as you, as it gets to these to five and six, you're like, I can we really trust this guy? Because he's doing like like insane making just insane decisions like what what are you doing? Why are you doing this? kind of things. And even just Deciding to work with the Myrik in the first place is, is somewhat of a questionable decision. I mean, obviously, it's it's great for story purposes, but, like, realistically... Because he had no... If I remember right, he had no vested interest in all of this until he decided he had a vested interest in all of it. 
So even quite uh, mapping out uh, the castle of Dukan, you know, he just hands that task over to you and leaves and leaves you to get on with it. You know, it doesn't, doesn't seem like the most reliable leader. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Actually, it seems like every. It seems like most leaders I've ser- served under, so I was comfortable with it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. From the from the point of view of the rest of the monarchy, you have you know your leader who isn't really taking the advice of others, and then now, like later on, he suddenly says, "Oh hey, we're, we're teaming up with the with one of the high ranking members of the the Dracon family. <laughs> deal with it." Yeah, deal yeah, with it. And that turned out to be an extremely questionable decision. Yeah. For so likely personal reasons. But yeah, go on. Yeah. I guess in a way it was more that on your first pl- well, on your initial viewing of the series, you just go, "Okay, Southland, I'll, I'll I'll do what you want and just get on with it." But then you start getting into the deeper and deeper parts of the series, like branches and Lord of Vampirium, and suddenly all of those uh, decisions have a ton of consequences, like the death of the entire Myriki. Yeah, and... like rushing right up to Lord Dracon and blowing the entire operation. Yeah. <sighs> kind of a critique on the kind of uh, RPG trope of helping every stranger and the, the perils of doing so. Because yeah. it kicks with uh, Varnstrom in disguise and it leads to all of this. Um, mm-hmm. So having questionable leaders, I think, is kind of one of the main narrative thrusts. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's a yeah, it's pretty. I can see that being pretty strong throughout all of this. I mean, even with with Veliaf after um, after Lord of Vampirium, where he just kind of goes nuts and it's like, well, we're done, we're done, we're done. This is it. What's over? And and it's like, wait, wait, what? You're just giving up now? Okay. What? But yeah, I mean, I like how it. I like how it kind of continue. It still continues forward, even so. The Myriki series goes forward without the Myriki. It's like it, it. It just. It's an interesting dynamic. I mean, it turns into a, basically the Vire series as time passes. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Up, up, up. Um. Can we take a moment to talk about the combat? Yeah, cool. because Runic would murder me if I didn't talk about the combat. <laughs> um, well, yeah, actually, he would murder me with his Matty OC skills. Um, so there were several combat mechanics in the uh, the weird fight, such as um, oh, I don't know where Runic is, um, such as like the sonic blast and the blood bombs um, that we've seen so many times over the course of the series. Um, but overall, it seemed really simplistic of a boss like the the solution to a sonic blast or blood bomb was just to run away yeah um was this deliberate to make the the bosses just simple to be able to run through because i was nearly able to get through the entire quest without eating any food and the only reason i couldn't was because i was just stupid with how i ran away uh, so there are two points there. First of all, uh, we feel that the uh, difficulty is currently undertuned, particularly where it comes to life points. It's quite, uh, rather too short a fight, and you don't get to experience the mechanics for very long. Um, so we are looking to uh, make some statistical adjustments to try and make it a little more difficult. Um, but overall, it's, I think, a product of it being the culmination of the full series, in which the earlier Titan quests were a lot more about exploring Mauritania and um, discovering old, old right. secrets and figuring out yourself. Yeah, because and they didn't have any boss fights. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't, wasn't a prominent part of, of the series. And then you have the route the, that Anna t- took with this um, uh, building up Branches. to the big, the big boss battle. And then we had a culmination of, of that in Lord of Empyrean, yeah. which was really pan pushing um, what, what we could, could do boss fight wise. And it, because we were trying to target both of those styles and bring it to a conclusion that, that felt like a fitting end to the series. Um, trying to outdo the Lord of Dracon battle kind of meant we'd have to, have to put so much resources into achieving that, that we would underplay the Titan elements. Yeah. So it seemed like better to um, 
Go for some, some of it, because it's, we it's not really a key part of the, the, the series. And yeah, a little bit. The, the role of the combat in, in this particular one was entirely intended to be thematic. Um, and like now, how in the hallucination, you have like a flashback back to the Vanstrom fight and the Lord Drakan fight. Yeah, yeah, it was all those and, um And also because we felt that, um, you know, that kind of boss progression, one-upmanship, it, it's just... It can get out of hand um, in some in some ways, and uh, I think yeah, I think she's right. We pitched it just a little bit too low in terms of challenge, but mechanically speaking, it was always intended to be quite simple. Yeah. Yeah, we've complained right. here quite a bit about bosses getting too like needlessly long and complex, and I think we actually had oh, yeah, issues yeah. with this with with the I, the Dracon fight. I, Whereas, I specifically like, talked about that, and I think it was during the Elegy podcast. That, that one too, yeah. It was just mm-hmm. insane about how you just keep getting more and more stages, and suddenly you have a boss with like seventeen stages, and you can't know all of the mechanics. And because each I guess, stage I guess, is too short to actually learn one, you just kind of DPS your way through it, and then you get to the next one, then you die, and you're like, oh, I guess I died to that. Then you go try it again, and then you just DPS your way. Th- yeah, I can see. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I prefer, I prefer simplicity to just needlessly complex. Yeah. Uh, there's probably another string to that in that we're, we've got kind of a, uh, an awareness of everything that the studio is working on, and we know that, say, The Watch, they've just done God Wars 2, uh, they're working on other PVM content for the rest of the year, so we're wanting to do our own thing, and we're want to, wanting as a team to have our own identity as well. Um, and we don't right. want to do too much of that. I mean, we kind of already see from the player base that PVM updates and Slayer updates and all of this, it's it's played its hand a bit quite a lot lately. Yeah, there's starting to be some fatigue that exactly. you can see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, again, it's one of the reasons, say, for the arc, aside from the Slayer update that we've uh, had voted on, I think we're mostly avoiding any kind of PVM updates. We're keeping it quite focused on skills. Well, great. Now I can't I can't tease Avernick anymore about how his <laughs> islands are being P- uh, Slayer islands and make him upset. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be some combat because thematically... You're in a, a wilderness, effectively. Um, sorry, not the wilderness. You know, just like a uncharted land. A wilderness. Yeah. yeah. Violent people. Yeah. A foreign, a foreign place. Uh, <laughs> with people who will steal stuff from you at any chance they get. Wilderness too confirmed. Yeah. Thanks for stopping that. <laughs> <laughs> really, thanks for stopping that from happening. But, yeah, like. I do what I do like about the combat in this last quest is just again like like I mentioned earlier how it kind of brings in parts of the previous boss fights or okay so you're you're killing you're killing the word and then suddenly hey it's you have part of the Vanstrom fight and then it comes back then the word comes back and then you have part of the the Drakon the Drakon fight and so that it just brings the entire series together in yeah. a in a great it- way combat wise. Yeah, it really feels like a final boss fight, not because it's you know the hardest thing you've ever faced, but because it's drawing all the previous elements together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a whole, we're aiming for the quest to be reflective and um, considering uh, the quests that have brought up to this, this point and the memories and the issues you've, you've dealt with and trying trying to bring that to to a conclusion. Not enough gatter hammers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that thing. I mean, I mean, using a band hammer is nice and all, but still. Attach the gatter hammer to uh, the sun spear. That's invention. <laughs> oh god! The ultimate, uh, weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagining the model of that. It'd be the most ridiculous-looking thing ever. Well, yeah. it, it reflects the series because you know the previous. Uh, the first few quests were all about, you know, just adding one thing onto the weapon you've been creating the entire time. This is true. Yeah. Uh, that, that's exactly how I feel about the flailed. Like, yeah, you need all these scythes and exotic sickles. I don't remember what they're I mean, called. Maybe, yeah. maybe the augmented sun spear is supposed to look like a, a sun spear with a gatter hammer attached. Maybe, maybe that's that's actually a th- supposed to be a thing. 
Yeah, maybe we should have used the get a hammer as the shaft of the of the spear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have been blister wood then, so yeah. true, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'll be sensible. No, yeah, sorry, sorry. My fault. My fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just have the one you take point. your logic, you know, you get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> We considered at one point including Gedderanks as one of the, the steps in, in the, the boss fight. But, oh, um, God, he's death on him, though. Yeah, but um, <laughs> it, it seems like this intends to focus on uh, the vampiric um, opponents and, you know, have, have that, that central core of yeah. the mission through that fight. Yeah, he might, he should have shown up as a hallucination, maybe, though. Mm-hmm. Speaking maybe of the hallucinations, replete. what are we actually killing when we are killing random things in there? Are, we, kill- are we killing air? Uh, Are we getting no? Am I getting no commented? <laughs> no, well, no. I mean, okay. there, there isn't anything. Uh, you're you're fighting the the poison, so it's just all metaphorical. All right, I did enough. see a nice suggestion that uh, you'd kind of come out of the fugue state, and all of the uh, people that you freed in the refinery are around your feet, dead and bloodied. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Shiraki uh, option. Oh, yeah. There's also a really great theory that the player is still hallucinating and that the entire sixth age. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. Best theory ever. Yeah, this is the source of the sixth age the poison. I'm quite happy that that helps some people's headcanons to <laughs> sixth age. So that's quite cool, too. Yeah, that's yeah. The that God, we already mentioned it, but that entire sequence is just—it's trippy. I mean, that's obviously the intent, but it is—it is—it is super trippy. Uh, bu- bu- bu. so let's move um, on. Up, oh, lime. Let's talk about Ivandus and how he—he he makes a great return in this quest after being absent for about like. Three quests, four quests, uh, two quests, and then dies since legacy. Um, yeah, yeah I, I only found out yesterday that he even had a thing going <laughs> because that whole is there actually a hidden story at the top of Pedagogus? Kind yeah, of. That... Oh, sorry, carry on. Go ahead. I was. J- uh, J- yeah, well, it is. Oh. It's... It's not hidden. I mean, it is not. Oh, yeah, because someone was telling me that you had to keep going back up there and examining it. And it said, there's. Was there really. Yeah, there was. I don't know, because I completely missed anything of the sort. Yeah, there was a progression. So if you go back, uh, I think there's three different states that the coffin can be in Mm -hmm. before you put the first potion in, and then after each of the potions, uh, it changes. Yeah, I mean, Walter was yelling at me to do it while I was streaming yesterday, so all of the stages are in my video. That is now up on my YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so it it's... First first stage is that it's it's shaking. It, it Like, it wants to get out. Then, it, after you add the potion... Actually, it's technically after you talk to Aeonisig, after you add the potion, then it's, like, really, really shaking, wants to get out, and then after the quest is over, it's dead. Rip. Yeah, it just stops shuddering. And the implication is that um, that's actually a vampiric Ivandus mm-hmm. um, who locked himself away so that he could prevent from giving into the thirst or the hunger. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't, I don't know why I thought this, but in the middle of the quest, I thought that, oh, it all makes sense now. Ivandus is Vanstrom, actually, and we killed him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that would be a Surtees. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of... I had no idea what I was doing in the middle of the quest. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I think part of that is, like, we had this um, uh, general feeling of wanting to return to the beginning again. Because we were coming back to Pacedomus. Mm-hmm. This thing all kicked off with Rold and then Drezzle. And... Uh, Ivan, obviously, as well, he featured quite early on, so it's kind of closing the loop as well. Yeah, narratively speaking. And this is yeah, all so... about um, what happened to Mauritania after the battle at Paterdomus, way back in the Fourth Age. And we couldn't help but get another dig in at Saradomin, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always. I know Lime loves. I know Lime loves your digs at Saradomin. 
Um, although just actually, on, I'm okay with them. Okay, on that okay point, it was a very uh, something that we wanted to be very careful about, not adding more negativity to Saradome in it directly. So it's very much a Temple Knights thing in his name. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's worth making that clear. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, it was very abundantly clear that this was a Temple Knights thing, and it was done. Yeah, in in Saradoman's name, as opposed to Saradoman came down and did this and is t- a terrible person or something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of dialogue from that guy who is dead about Saradoman will come down and solve everything, and everyone's like, "Don't be ridiculous." <laughs> yeah, Drezel's not the sixth age yet. Yeah, can't say that. It is interesting yet, though. At he's not ever playing through this quest. In, considering it's a fifth age quest, after the events of the sixth age, where the gods have come down, and there's been this big battle between Zemarak and Saradoman, and there have been several quests where Saradoman himself has shown up, and it's just like it's going playing through this quest, which happened before all of that, is really interesting, just in that regard. Yeah. I I should think of something more to say than just yeah, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess in a way the first part of the quest series um, from in search to legacy, it was all considering the gods that were all kind of metaphysical deities that they they weren't on this realm of existence or something like that. Uh, it was all really vague back then because God knows what was going on. Um, how much did that impact how you told the story? Was it more, well, I guess it didn't really impact that much? It's kind of a non-question. Um, I'm not sure what you're trying to ask. What I'm more asking is that there's a lot of religion, well, religious in the context of there being various gods in RuneScape. There's a lot more of godly influence in quests now than there were way before did that have any impact on how you developed this quest or designed it um I don't think so no um I think potentially we uh, hang on for me thoughts uh like maybe there was a conscious decision to distance ourselves from it because we know that the Sixth Age is so heavily focused on the gods. So, I mean, even mentioning Zaros and Zamorak, I, I don't know some people have issue with that being by name, but like even mentioning them at all was kind of, should we really do this? Um, because as well, the, the, the whole of vampire society is effectively secular at this point. Yeah. Yeah, they're only they're only Zemrakian in name, and I had an argument with someone if they ever even consider themselves Zemrakian at, yeah, at it's all. Yeah, like, it's they Zemrakian in name. Are they Zemrakian at all? They share his tenets just by nature of their society, and I have a question about that that I want to ask. They don't even share his just, just ten- They seem more of a Saradonist style, just because of all the bureaucracy and right, so forth. <laughs> Sarah Doming got a bureaucracy. I'd say they lean more towards... Uh, well, they're polytheistic now, maybe, as a society um, in, in their beliefs. Like, there's, that was tried, there's something we tried to capture with the kind of journals of Evandist, how he started out staunchly Sarah Dominist, and then yeah. he had to turn towards the kind of darker edges of vampirism. And then that was the introduction of uh, the character of Yara to give him some balance and that mm-hmm. kind of Gethixian outlook. Yeah. I, I think he was kind of a, a microcosm for kind of the story of the entire region and all of the people that live there. Did they ever say in that, did that uh, journal ever actually say that he was, so I know that it said that he's turning away from the from the light from Saradoman. It did it it never actually said he was going specifically towards Zamorak, was he? Not specifically, was... no. Just just tonally in terms of theme. He's having yeah. the sorts of thoughts that somebody who follows Zamorak might have. Mm. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. 
so along along those lines, and this is actually something that Walter wrote in the thread, is there a, because the Vire's bloodlust is something that you see a lot of in this quest. Uh, it is very very similar to the Dragonkin's itch. So the itch for the itch for the stone, itch for power, whatever you want to call it. Are they related, or is it just kind of they're coincidentally similar? Adding on to that, um, Walter also said in the thread that it could have something to do with Dayalt being the result of the Stone of Jazz. So this is part of the Walter conspiracy theory of between the vampires and the dragonkin. And before is no there... comment. That's, that's an interesting theory. Um, uh... Given that pureborns are also subject to bloodlust, though, I'd imagine probably not directly related. Not strictly, but then I, I kind of see that working in that, like, your dealings with Vanaskula and Drakan as, as kind of well, as much of a, a cruel person as Drakan himself was, they were both quite refined and restrained, and you could reason with them and you could talk to them, whereas. Most of the other vampires that you face, or the Viewatch, they're pretty much single-minded. Yeah, Most they've they've been overcome by the bloodlust, similar to the way that some of the dragonkin have been consumed. So that, that connection with the Stone of Jazz and the lust for power as well—that's that's quite a strong connection. I like that. Um, it's not something that's canonically put in the game, but yeah. So it's Once a it cool can... coincidental connection. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's something we could maybe play on in the future as well. Mm, interesting. I think. Next Dragon quest suddenly turns into a Mortania quest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it would be fitting because every other quest seems to turn into a Dragon King quest. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> that Carapac didn't show up and stab someone in this one. So, yeah. <laughs> just thinking ahead as well, it it does also sort of tie into the kind of ideas we have for the planet of Vampirium in that it's it's something we envisage as being quite abundant of life. So it's not like it's being completely ravaged and drained of blood. Yeah. Um, and the, the, yeah, like, the, it's... The, the kind of tribes there would be receptive, or some of them would be at least receptive to outsiders. They wouldn't just eat you. <laughs> mm. And that'd be a first for all of the different worlds we visited so far. <laughs> yeah. Either there and either everything there is completely insane, or it wants to kill you, and there's yeah. like no in between. <laughs> I guess with the with the exception of Mazcab, but that hardly counts. Gobies have a secret heart of darkness. I've, okay, this is fair. <laughs> yeah. I I can believe it. <sighs> Damn lunch. Right, anyways, but so so along that note, you might not be able to say anything, or maybe there just isn't anything. So, are there plans to actually future or exp uh, explore Vampirium in the future? Um, I don't want to go down the right of passage route. I <laughs> this is fair. Talk up. I mean, we've got some formative plans. Uh, we've got a formative design. We've made a, a start on some small parts of it. Uh, and there's a there's a desire in the team to actually make the project that we've envisaged, mm -hmm. um, but whether or not we ever go is something that's probably out of our hands. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard. The thing about rite of passage and Abina is that there's nothing in game existing that actually links anything to Abina. Whereas with with well, Vampirium, there there's was, this um, entire quest series. I think there was the that. Not point to it. It does. Wait, doesn't it? Wait, forget. Sorry. I'll double check right now. What um, does what? If the world gate has uh, yeah, something referencing it Abana. does, it does. But and it also has that slight mention of it. But it also references every other plane that we know about. So that I, I mean, other than that, there isn't anything. What I mean is, there's no major story in game that points directly towards Abina. It's mentioned briefly in a couple quests and but that's about it. It's just the it's just the Aviancy homeworld that 
um, Bod Raven at one point did a did a podcast about that was probably not the and smartest it has idea. Spiraled, <laughs> and it has spiraled out of control ever since. <sighs> Bird brains. Yeah. But I, but I feel like if the players, especially if if something gets pulled soon. Like I would, I would expect that the players respond much respond much more favorably towards Vampirium than anything else. But I mean, again, it is it isn't in your hands. It probably isn't yeah. in our hands either. But but yeah, that would be that would be very cool. And maybe maybe we'll see something more about that. I don't I don't want to overhype it. I don't want to be like, oh my god, yes, it's happening because. We've learned from Rite of Passage that stuff is very fluid, and yeah, it sounds cool, but there's also other stuff that sounds cool, and mm-hmm. you can't make everything. Yeah, and, and there's the argument to be made that, you know, Mauritania vampires, they've had their time for now, and let's just uh, rest on yep. that front for a little bit. That is that is also fair. Um, do, do, do. <clears throat> so, I want to talk a little bit about Himalchemy. First things first, what was the first book supposed to have in it if you got the um, the book into the quest? If that blood altar puzzle that you'd mentioned at some point uh, made it into the quest? Or can you not tell me because that's a gall hunt? Uh, well, in terms of the, the blood puzzle there, that was just an additional obstacle to getting the blood of the hybrid book. Uh, so you'd have to simply translate it first. So um, that's not really anything more information about Himalchemy than, than you did already received. Okay. It was just some additional gameplay. Yeah, I think it, it would have... The, we we di- dismissed it because it felt like it was just trying to shoehorn in the altar just to have a, a quest requirement, and it didn't fit the flow that we were going for. Alright, fair enough. So then, it weren't... It, we were never technically supposed to read the first Himalchemy book? I guess that's a different question. Um... It's hard to know what would have been in it. I think the, have... the first Team Alchemy book is probably um, Mauritius's transcribing and um, laboratory notes of uh, Evandis' own journal and his findings with Yara. So it's something you learn, but via a different route. Okay. And as such, it's a lot of medical equations and strange scribblings and, and, and encoded messages that Moritz tended to like to do, and as a result, you can't translate it even now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas his second journal is is intended to be read by anybody, understood by anybody, because I suppose he was quite desperate at that point. Yeah. He had to get this information out to somebody, somehow. Yeah, so he just so he wrote it down, left it, and was like, oh god, I hope... So how and much? He, well, go on. he also wouldn't have wanted the secrets of vampirization to be fully understood. So, yeah. kind of encoding it in some way is probably something he's done to keep it hidden. Yeah. How? So he extended his life. How much did he extend his life by? And and or is he still alive? Ah, uh, that's not something we've uh, considered. I think. I mean, my own personal thin- opinion is that the Mareki series as a whole probably had a few too many characters. <laughs> In part, that was a good good excuse for why we killed a few of them off. Fair enough. Um, and, and what that kind of led to is that a, a, quite a fair number of them were underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. There wasn't time to focus on them and give them real character arcs and personalities. Um, so I wouldn't have... <laughs> Is his dim ever appearing in this quest series? Their Whether names not, also I... had a few too many characters. A few too many, ca- <laughs> a few too many vowels or, or something. Um, so yeah, he, I mean, there's potential for him to come back in the future, uh, but I don't know. We also do a lot of that where, oh, this character's dead. No, they're not. Jk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so from from that standpoint, I think it's he's just. He lived long enough to achieve what he needed to achieve for the impact that he had on this series, and that's enough. Fair enough. But I'm, we could always change our minds later. That's that's mm-hmm. the great thing about it. So he could just be like reclining in a beach house now, just like sipping on a martini or something. <laughs> so literally the uh, he, human version of Hazelmere? Yeah, he, he got his happy ending. 
yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, we'll go with that. The final liberation from Mauritania. Yeah. It's free now. Yeah, yeah. Freedom. Okay, does anybody else have any questions about him, Alchemy, before I move on? And any anyone? Lime? Uh, no, I think we're good. Um, I will say, though, that I read the description of... Which one was it? The Aegis. The Aegis uh, Blood Essence. And now I think about it, that would really hurt if it was, like, the actual way that blood worked. Um, well, if you saw the bug reports, it initially did really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> How was it broken? I'm curious. Uh, it was adding damage rather than subtracting it, I think. Oh, God. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, of course, Vanessa recommends that one or something. <laughs> of course she does. <laughs> you did say it was your funeral, so... Yeah. Put on. <laughs> no, she didn't recommend it to me, though. She was like, nah, I wouldn't have done that, but it's your, it's your life! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse psychology. Yeah. Okay. Um, I So this, this goes back to Anna's quest, and this question has probably been asked a hundred times. I'm probably going to get no commented. Actually, probably not at this point. But why did Vanstrom explode instead of doing normal fire things when he died? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure myself. Uh, I, I like to think of it as just a final explanation of energy. Uh, kind of like the player can do with uh, certain prayers. As a, a final, you know, all right, I'm going to take you with me. So like channeling a blood geyser into himself and then causing that to explode. Yeah. As a, as a final act of retribution. Yeah, a sort of, uh, I can't think of the word, um, like just out of spite. I don't think there's any particular magical reason why some... Like a last, a last hurrah or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any kind of, oh, he was a special type of vampire. And so, therefore, he would explode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we know that we know at this point that he was, um, uh, what's his name, Assertes. So it's so it wouldn't have Asertes. anything necessarily to do with that, just because Assertes was a king at when I guess when he was turned. Uh, yeah, he would have been. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so even even that. So yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Alright, do to do, do. Uh I one one comment, off topic comment. I and this goes back to the fact that you tied in stuff from the other quests. I love that front and center in the army screenshot, there's the wolf, werewolf with the collar of shame. I <laughs> loved it. Yeah, a lot of people uh, pointed out Shamey. Uh he, he did quite well. <laughs> Shamey? Um Shamey. Yeah. <laughs> He's got uh, a name. Seamus? Oh, Seamus. Sorry, get it right. Seamus. No, that's that's not very uh, as, as a name for a werewolf. They'd all be they're all based on um, what, Slavic. Yeah, it's that's Slavic, the, isn't it? Slavic names. Um. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, it's like not everybody would have seen him in the previous quest, and we liked him so much that he had to feature. That was fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> we all, it's some visual variety, so it wasn't just all using the same werewolf model. So you've got that one in the front that's fully armed. Yeah, yeah. And then the actual cardboard cutouts of Vyres back behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're using the Home Alone defense. <laughs> They've got numbers. They, they do have numbers. Whether the numbers can do anything or not, eh, that's, a, that's up for debate. That, that was unfortunate. I mean, it's a, it's a cheeky little trick that's used in any number of industries. Mm -hmm. um, well, we that explains how all the people were able to walk back out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah I do want to ask that. What were the Bergdorot villagers thinking on their way home? Just, like, casually walking through the army. It's like, nothing to see here. We're just going home. Comment on that one. Well, they just want to go home, so I, mean, I guess ideally we would have had them shambling a bit more and missing a little more. Yeah, or maybe sort of, running for cover yeah. somewhere else that's not towards a giant army of vampires. Yeah, yeah. 
I'll kick off on top of that. Yeah, just like it the, it just one like... of those things you wish you had just that extra 10 minutes or so to, to change slightly. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah. they, ju- they just poof, they're back to human, and then they just walk straight towards the virus that they were. <laughs> it's like, okay! It's true, they haven't back home yet as well, so maybe they didn't do too well. Excuse me, pardon yeah. me. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's obviously that's like a completely like irrelevant, jokey kind of thing, but it, it, I just found that amusing. I, it yeah. has... It's the sort of, you know, that on a second pass, we would, we would like to... Yeah. improve if we could you know it's the same as like the, how the player stands there stoically right, while the um well in pentadermis explodes with this shower of uh, particles and, and, and water it's just completely yeah you know some kind of reaction animation would, would be good if we had the time to give it just a little bit of additional polish but mm-hmm. you know, the, it, no, no product is it project is ever finished it's just released you know how it, how it is yep yeah, there's always more that we could do if we had more time. Yeah, yeah. It's not a case of, oh, we didn't have enough time so much as there's never enough time. Yeah. I mean, always. I mean, if there's one thing I've learned from doing these podcasts is that, it, the, yeah, there is just never enough time. It's like there's always something that could be done. There's always somebody that says there should have been X, Y. There should have been X. There should have been Y. There should have been X and Y. There should have been everything. Why didn't you include every single character from every single... It's just like, Jesus Christ, guys. They have... They only have so much time. Yeah, we particularly get that with uh, post-quest dialogue. You know, there's there's always one character we missed. But... Mm-hmm. It's integral for them to respond. I love that there is a lot of post-quest dialogue for this one. Though. Yeah, like all that the major yeah. characters yeah. had it, and it's it's better than some other quests that have been recently released that have had uh, none. And it's just like <sighs> it's always difficult. Um, you have to spend so much your focus on the actual quest. Yeah, that sort of thing. You just have to find time for it, and. We did on this one. We found the time. That's all it. This is the only difference. And even then, we missed a few. <laughs> so, for instance, there's if you talk to the cats in Mayaditch, who'd have thought cats, right? Yeah. They still yeah. complain about vampires, and they've gone. Huh. So I, I fixed that. Maybe one they here. just don't. Maybe they just don't like the smell. Yeah. Yeah. He he actually has a line of dialogue about the cat says, "Oh, sorry about the smell, but the stinking buyers." <laughs> And now the buyers have gone. He's like, sorry about the smell. I'll actually wait. It is me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that cat's still not very happy. Rip cat. Uh, yeah, that is that is like a completely random so, <laughs> post-quest dialogue yeah. character. Mm-hmm. People always find like um, some extra thing that... Like the, the cats or something like that. That you wouldn't it even was... think of when yeah. developing the quest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. Be in a in a game that is as far reaching as RuneScape is. I, it's got to be impossible to even think of every character to that could have post quest dialogue, let alone then write the dialogue and put it in game. It's it's. I think it's become a bit of a slogan here. It's like, what does Azanadra? <laughs> okay, it's not just me. <laughs> um, to be fair, Azanadra might have some feelings about hearing about uh, Drakan's death, and Saros might care about a new human vampire society, but yeah, they can't be exhaustive about every single topic. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, that, um, those are obviously not the first characters I'd go to if after this quest, and they yeah. weren't. Actually, the first character I went to was the barkeeper in Canifus because apparently he had new dialogue. I was like, huh, oh, really? really? Okay. So, I know yeah. the first character I went to was Velia because I thought he'd like to know some stuff, and then he actually did something. <laughs> yeah. What I did was I actually ran back to Ivandis' tomb, and I, I looked so I could try and find more serum. And I was like, yes, there's more! And I tried to make another potion, like an extreme Guthix balance potion to use on the ancient vire at the top of Paterdomus, and then got disappointed that it died. Rip. Rip. Yeah, but... Yeah, so it's... It is... 
I mean, it's just development issues, right? I mean, it's you just can't hit everything, and somebody's going to find something to complain about because they can. And then they're going to go on Twitter about it and complain. I mean, that's, that's how it works, right? Because that's and, the easiest option. Although, in principle, text should be cheap because, you know, we can just write stuff. Mm -hmm. um, any text we rewrite creates work for the translation team to convert into other languages. And mm -hmm. they were already um, quite stretched by the amount of uh, text we put in the game with you, all those good books. They were already very upset with me. Yeah. <laughs> but how did that compare to, was it Mod Jack that put, God, how many pages did he say? It was like, it was thousands upon thousands of words with the... I think it was the um Majorat memories yes those like <laughs> i think jack came into the into the clan chat and was like the the translators are, really hate me right now because i've given them like four thousand words to translate no time to do it yeah yeah to be fair they they do get put upon quite a lot mm -hmm. because they are at the very end of the development process mm -hmm. and they tend to be overlooked so it's something we're always trying to improve. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, all right, let's. See um, can I talk very briefly about the the ending of uh, the quest? Yeah, go. Please do. All right. So I know a lot of people are a little bit upset about how the quest ended. Like, it was kind of. It didn't feel like it was actually over because. Um, the armies just kind of went, okay, there's going to be no war, we're going to walk away now, nothing happens. and Nothing interesting happens. I, yeah, nothing interesting happens, and Vaniscula just goes, alright, I give up, you guys win, you get your truce, without actually doing anything. And do you guys have any comment about that? Because I've also seen the argument that that's the only way it could have ended with uh, because everyone was against the war, even Vaniscula. Um, do you guys have any comment about that? Oh, uh, it was always going to be a tricky thing, I think. Uh, even without the marketing, I think there was an expectation um, for All Out War, even before we showed that uh, concept art at RuneFest. Um, yeah, there was always that expectation that um, at the end of the Lord of Vampirium, there would be some kind of invasion against Mistalin. Well, let's be fair, the RuneScape populace is significantly more bloodthirsty than any buyer, so... <laughs> and from the standpoint of the, the Splinter Group, that was exactly what they were trying to achieve, too. Mm -hmm. that, that's a vast conflict yeah. that would... Uh, I think in gods. hindsight, we could have done more to earn it. Like, we could have had a little bit more skirmishing going on. We could have had, uh, rather than a perpetual state of standoff, it could have been testing defenses and things like that. Um, it's a really tricky one to try to sell, mm -hmm. to be honest. But yeah, if you do that, then you take away from some of the story elements and... and yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, also, there's... there's it's more of a technical issue, but kind of the geography of that area doesn't really lend itself to a, a full-scale fight. No, and it would all have yeah, it's kind of it's a it's a real choke point. Yeah, it's a big defense certainly, but yeah, it's not not great for setting uh, full-scale battles at. Mm -hmm. um, Hence the cardboard uh, cutouts. Did we have catapults up the top as well? We did at one point. Yeah. We did, oh, we took them out. Okay, right. I think so, the, the Varrock Verrock oh, still yeah. had catapults. Yeah. Uh, so, the, yeah, the Varrock guard could have been flinging stones at the uh, cardboard cutouts. <laughs> you just see one of them fall over. You're like, uh. <laughs> okay. Uh, of course, that's hard to do if they... We always knew that it was going to be a, a divisive um, response to that kind of ending. But I think we, we hit the nail on the head for the kind of target audience in, in aiming to wrap up the series in a way that was congruent with the series yeah. in spite of the kind of expectations of full-scale war. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's a really yeah. difficult I think. Yeah, yeah I do. I guess... oh, go on. Oh. Well, I guess it, it sort of uh, adds to Vanesco's character that she didn't continue to press on and invade anyway. Mm -hmm. That she had the sense to, you know, step back when she knew that she was beaten. Yeah, yeah like she, she wasn't 
soon as she got there, then she'd have got what she wanted. But she didn't. She cared too much, maybe. If it was um, Lord Draken at the head of that army, it would have ended very differently. Yeah, yeah no yeah. kidding. I do, I, I do have a question quickly about, um, about those that, that army standoff scenes with regards to NXT. Did you know that NXT was going to be released right bef before your quest as you were developing this, this kind of scene? Because it looks unbelievable in NXT, and I can only imagine that it doesn't have anywhere near that kind of impact without in the old Java client. Uh, I, I don't record exactly when we knew when it was going to be, and even when, even when we'd been told it wasn't set in stone, it was still had the possibility to shift. Mm -hmm. um, so it to go whether or not NXT would be first or we would be, but um, as soon as we found out, I think it was a good couple of months before release of the quest that we knew, mm -hmm. or, or kind of knew. And it's just because uh, Mod Joe's our product owner, and he's a ex-environment artist, and so he has that kind of drive to to push for graphical one-upmanship and fidelity. <laughs> and as soon as NXT was on the table, he was like, "Yep, we're doing something here." Yeah, I, yeah, I... showpiece. But on the other hand, we also still need to um, maintain um, support for Java and have decent frame rates and minimum spec on Java. So yeah. Oh, yeah. with the con trying to push the, push the graphical fidelity while also um, oh. being efficient enough to, to manage on the old client. I mean, that's the reason why we have things like the cardboard cutouts just to, and uh, a lot of the, the army um, were low poly versions. Just we did quite a lot of optimization on that scene to try and um, make sure that it was still playable. And fortunately, yeah, like that um, vast uh, lot open scale conflicts aren't very practical in, in, in a, a scene with, with that, that much scenery. At present, hopefully in the long term, if we can manage to move away from the Java client, that kind of thing might be more viable. Yeah, it's kind of a, a look to the future more. So it's maybe a promise that we can deliver on in a future update when NXT is the primary engine. Yeah, I, I, mean, I will say, playing through it in NXT, it looked fantastic. And... Yes. I, I mean, it, the scale of it was like, even if I was like, after after a few seconds, I'm like, those are, a lot of those are just like cardboard cutouts. It's like, it's still like, this is two very large imposing armies all opposing each other, and like, it was it was a cool effect, it was a fantastic effect, and it is interesting. It was so, a fantastic, yeah. Uh, it was a fantastic scene altogether because yeah, that's what I mean. you really got, you really got to overlook uh, Mauritania, and throughout the quest you can always see like the Paladomus Temple and uh, Vigoro's Fortress just like hanging over Mauritania as you're running around it, mm -hmm. and yeah. I think NXT really did the quest justice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and especially that especially because the quest is kind of. I mean, even though you've already explored everything, the quest is exploratory in its nature just because that's the way Titan did it, and that's what it sounds like you're going for. And so you're going from place to place, and you're still... so. And in NXT, you can see... that It's just like... It just adds so much. Yeah, even those areas that we didn't have a chance to uh, graphically update, they, they still <laughs> look a hell of a lot better in NXT with the self-shadowing and the like. Oh, yeah. So, what Alex yeah. is uh, still saw that we didn't give him time to do that. Yeah, uh, he, he was really keen for us to cut that section from the quiz because it just looks so painful to him. Which section yeah. was this? The the nature spirit grosso. Oh, that one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I wanted to make sure we went back there. You know, returning to the to the nature spirit quest and mm -hmm. going back back to our roots and yeah, you know, tied him with a bit of story as well. You know, it, um, yeah, it kind of feels like you're following in their footsteps. Yeah. Seems yeah. to go back through the swamp, deal with, with deal with guests, um, blessing like you did with silver sickles. You know, it's it's all going back to your roots. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And, and to be uh, fair, the nature's grotto has better graphics than Karamja, so we're still fine. <laughs> I remember the first thing that Orange said to me when he logged into NXT was, "Wow, even Karamja looks better." <laughs> uh, as we're on the topic as well, if if I'd have realized, I, I completely. Um, Derped in including holy water, so I effectively did send people back to Karamja as well. There, well, if they didn't have any, 
Rip. Uh, for the memorial, this was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's great that you included Holy Water there because it, it was the most difficult mechanic in the, um, the last one when mm. you do Zephlan. Yeah. So it's, it's something you're gradually building up to. Yeah, that, that's actually uh, another good point is that was one of the primary drives for both the uh, plushie hunt and for the memorial is that we had this vast swathe of content that you can do in Mauritania. And we'd taken maybe about a quarter of it for the quest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why not put the rest of it in those other two updates and we'll get people exploring again and remind yeah. people of this whole series. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I, I, we're at, we're about out of time. So, and yeah, I know that you guys want to get back to work. I do have one more troll question before, before we go on. It goes back to Ayanasig. So, uh, why did Ayanasig give you a runecrafting lamp considering he's basically Meg? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't understand the question. When did he give you a lamp? <laughs> he didn't. That's my point. <laughs> oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the opportunity. We're going to have to tell the ninjas to uh, do something with Mega May and Modest Juicy. Oh, now. definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get any soft puppets or soft, <laughs> soft broth or anything. It's just going to be rune crafting lamps. <laughs> just nothing but rune crafting lamps. Just for months, too. Yeah, one of the mini quests for the day should be uh, you, you go up to someone and uh, uh, at the request of someone else, you just keep giving them rune, clap, rune crafting lamps over and over again. <laughs> After a certain point, it's like, God, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> but yeah, I, troll question aside, uh, thank you very much to Stu and Rowley for coming on. Uh, as always, we love we love talking with you guys and we love uh, hearing your insight into making the content that we enjoy, so yeah, and why certain things are like how they, yeah, Good, yeah. So thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. We will probably be doing another Seercast in maybe this weekend, probably not this weekend, maybe the following weekend or something, for when we talk about May. Um, kind of depends on what's on the May BTS. But um, anyways, go follow us on Twitter, at Seercast. Follow our blog, is seercast.wordpress.com. You can follow each of us individually. The, there's going to be a master Seercast link on like to tw- our Twitters. Uh, comment in this in the video if you have any if you have anything to say to us or uh, send us something on Twitter. A uh, big announcement coming out for us that should have happened a long time ago is we are finally going to be on iTunes. Uh, I finally figured out a way to do it that isn't incredibly painful and or not particularly practical. So we are going to be on there. Uh, very shortly, I cannot say give a date, but it will, it will be before um, Menaphos soon. So, uh, yeah, oh, come on. <laughs> no, no, seriously, it's going to be. It'll probably be a week or so, and then we'll hopefully be on iTunes, and then um, you can get up. It'll auto update when we, when we do our stuff. But yeah, so thanks to everyone for watching. Thanks to the JMods for coming on, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.